Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen and ascended Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Ms. Doyle, soon to be Mrs. Marco, is our school counselor here at our school at St. John's. And a week or so ago, she sent out an email to all the school families, and the subject line said, Connect and be present. I thought that was such a good reminder for us to pursue relationships right now during this stay-at-home season. And Ms. Doyle, she didn't just remind us to do that. She also gave us a helpful tool, a sheet of questions. And it had questions for all age groups that we could ask each other, maybe around the dinner table, to help us to connect and be present. So anyway, one of the questions was, if you had one superpower, what would it be? So it was a silly, one of the silly questions, and we went around the table. We had some laughs, but invisibility was mentioned. Shrinking in size was mentioned. Talking to animals was mentioned. One person still deliberating their answer. I was like, whatever Captain Marvel, or is it Marvel? Anyway, whatever Captain Marvel's power is, I want that. But the best answer of the evening was this. It was a superpower that I'd never heard of before. It's the ability to eat as much candy as you want and never get sick or a cavity. Anyway, fun, goofy question. We had a great time. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Put it in the Facebook live chat. I want to hear. We all want to know. Now that question that Ms. Doyle gave us, that sheet of questions, I'll try to put it on our social media. Please check it out. But I find it so interesting, that question that it shows up on there about superpowers, right? And we have a fascination with superpowers. In fact, from 2000 to 2019, there have been 104 superhero movies produced. I was kind of shocked because that's a whole lot of superpowers. Now, why are we so fascinated with superpowers? I, I think that we're fascinated with them because we really like the idea of having some sort of power or ability to overcome things in our lives that need overcoming, right? In our lives, in our families, in our community, in our culture, in the world. It's sort of a meta-narrative that everyone wants good to overcome evil. Everyone wants the broken to be fixed. Everyone wants justice to reign over injustice. And superpowers help with that. Now, the candy one, that might be debatable, but, you know, who knows? But as I was thinking about it, it made me think about that word power. And I think that in general, there are some negative connotations to that word power. Now, if we connect it with super and we do superpower, we're okay with that. If, if we're talking about losing power to our homes, it's kind of neutral. If we're talking about powering our devices, our iPhones, our iPads, well, we, that's a positive, right? But a lot of times when we hear the word power, unfortunately, there are some bad connotations. Now, high schoolers, look up at the difference between connotation and denotation. It will be on the SAT. That one is free for you. But some of the negative connotations uh, with power have to do with how power has been used and when it's been exposed as being an abuse of power. And if you've ever had someone in your life who is power-hungry or is on a power trip, I mean, it is frustrating, demoralizing. It can be at times abusive and even illegal, right? And sometimes when we hear that word 
power, we think of war, or we think of politics. We even have that phrase, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so when we're confronted with that word power, we've got some soul searching to do. How are we going to react to it? What sort of baggage do we place with that word power? You see, today, when we consider the ascension of Jesus, and we just uh, read about it in Luke 24, we also see that in Acts chapter 1, the ascension of Jesus happened 40 days after Easter, after Jesus rose from the grave, which would have been this past Thursday. But the ascension of Jesus has a lot to do with power, a power that's for us who believe. You see, right before Jesus ascended, he said to his disciples these words, He said, stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. He said, you will receive power. Jesus is talking about power. And we have to ask ourselves, can we strip ourselves away from the negative connotations and think only on the positive? And I think that sometimes if we use the word empowerment or empowered, it helps us to see the positive side of things. And thinking of that, I have a feeling that many of you During this stay-at-home season of this pandemic, many of you feel like your batteries are in the red, right? You feel like you're just a few percentage points away from losing power. Being empowered right now, man, that, that sounds good. Well, the disciples of Jesus, they needed to be empowered too. Because the Jewish leaders, they didn't like anything about Jesus. They didn't like anything about his followers. Pretty soon there was going to be a great persecution upon the church. A persecution that would kill many of the followers of Jesus. But here we are 2,000 years later. We are not experiencing the same sort of persecution in Southern California that the disciples did 2,000 years ago. But I have a feeling that many of you at home, you are feeling powerless right now. You want to control this whole COVID-19 pandemic and all the implications of it for your life, but, but you can't. In many ways, you're powerless. Now, some of you feel powerless to the pull of the different temptations in your life, and maybe you've been struggling with an addiction or a temptation of some kind. Some of you feel powerless to the abuses of power in your past or maybe even your present. And I'd argue that every one of us Every one of us has some sort of powerlessness in our lives. Every one of us wants to be empowered. I think that St. Paul would agree with that. He knew. He knew the power of the ascension of Jesus in his life. He knew about being empowered in powerless times. And so he wrote this letter to the Ephesians, a, a church that he loved, and he had spent three years in ministry with them, And uh, talk about quarantine, talk about isolation. He wrote a letter to his church family in Ephesus. He wrote it from prison. He wrote it from far away. There was no Zoom, no email, no text messaging, no United States Postal uh, Service. A letter that had to be hand-delivered. So he wrote this letter to them. He wrote it with intention. He wrote it so that they would grow deeper in their faith. He wrote it so that they would experience the power of God in all the positive ways. He wrote that letter in isolation. And as we are in a time of isolation, I hope it speaks to us now. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. I have not stopped giving thanks for you. 
remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking, right? He's keep asking. I keep asking, I keep praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation right here so that you may know him better. Pause on that for a second. I'm praying that for you. The leaders at St. John's and at Peace are praying that for you during this time. And I think that there are actually some very profound opportunities for you right now to know God better. And I pray that you see them, that you recognize them, that you embrace them. Like St. Paul, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and especially that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. There it is again, that word, power. We watch movies about superpowers. We know about the power for our homes and for our devices. We know about power that has been corrupted and abused. But Paul, he wants us to know the incredible greatness of God's power. A power for us, a power for you who believe, who have entrusted your life to him. I hope that we can strip away some of the negative connotations to that word. Paul, he, he talks more about that power in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. He says that power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted. That's God the Father when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand, at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That's power. That power is for us. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is for us. I mean, think about that. The power that humans have harnessed has never been able to raise a human being from the dead, let alone after three days, let alone seated at the right hand of God the Father. That's what we say in the creed, right? That's the ascension. We say it in the creed all the time, the Apostles' Creed. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. What does it mean that he sits at God's right hand? Is that some physical location out there in, in space, in the heavens? What does God's right hand mean? Well, that phrase, the right hand of God, implies the full power of God. In fact, Martin Luther traced this phrase throughout the whole Old Testament and discovered that God's right hand refers figuratively to a power that is active everywhere in the world. The power of God raised Jesus, seated him at the right hand of God, and so now that power is active everywhere in Jesus, and more directly, it is for you, you who believe. Now, Paul was praying for the Ephesians. He was praying that they might know the power more, more deeply, more relevantly in their lives. And it wasn't just like an intellectual knowledge. I mean, this is life knowledge, experiential knowledge. Paul had experienced that power in his life in dramatic and powerful ways. Paul had gone from murdering Christians to being one of the most influential disciples of Jesus Christ. But that discipleship, that discipleship, it was not easy, man. I mean, many times he was in seemingly powerless situations. He was unjustly imprisoned. This letter to the Ephesians he wrote from the joint, right, from prison, like my buddy Mike says. He worked tirelessly 
Uh, He had been severely flogged, beaten with rods, pelted with stones, shipwrecked, in danger from rivers, bandits, hungry, thirsty, cold, sleepless nights. Paul had endured horrific and powerless situations. And he did it all through and by the power of the ascended Lord Jesus at work everywhere and especially in his life. Paul's praying hard. He's praying hard that the Ephesians would experientially know that very power, that they would be empowered by God in Jesus. He goes on to tell them that that Jesus is greater than anything they might feel powerless to. I hope you hear that right now. Anything that you might feel powerless to, Jesus is greater than. The Apostle Paul, he's praying it and he's saying it from experience. As as if he's saying that to us today, St. John's Orange, Peace in Tustin, uh, Ephesian Church. Jesus is far above all rule and authority, far above power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet. Whenever I read this verse, I always like to go to the image, the statue of Jesus in our sanctuary here. Just a reminder that this statue depicts Jesus. He's standing on a blue sphere. And if you look closely there, you see that that blue sphere is not the earth. There are little stars on it. He's standing upon the universe. Yeah, Jesus far more powerful than Captain Marvel, right? Listen to that verse again. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That is absolute power, my friends, but that power is absolutely not corrupt. It's clean energy. It's pure power. The power is for, for the body of Christ, which is you. Empowerment, For you. So if we go back to the beginning and remember Mrs. Doyle, Ms. Doyle's call to connect and be present with each other. And that question that we asked around the dinner table, if you had one superpower, one, if you had one superpower, what would it be? Well, if St. Paul was sitting there at dinner with you, he would be saying, not if you had St. Paul would say, you do have, you have one superpower. You have Jesus. You have the ascended Lord Jesus. He is your power. He is your superpower. And I love that in that email from Ms. Doyle, she asked us to connect and be present with each other and also with ourselves. But she also talked about doing that with God. That's our discipleship pathway, right? Connect to God. Connect to God and be present with him, with his power. His power is the only superpower you'll ever need. But when it comes down to practicalities, how do you do that? Well, if we go back to the superheroes, if you've been following any superhero story, you know that it takes some time for them to come to terms with their powers. I recommend Spider-Man watching that, Into the Spider-Verse. It takes time for Miles Morales to understand and to embrace and to harness his superpower. 
I know it's kind of goofy, but it's kind of similar. It's not much different for us, my friends. How do you connect to your superpower? First, you've got to recognize that you have the power. Ephesians chapter 1, that's what it's all about. The ascension of our Lord, it's all about that power. That power is within us. That power is around us. So you recognize the power first. And second, you've got to tap into the power. Just like your iPhone, right? It works best if you charge it regularly. So worshiping once a week like you're doing right now. Talking to God as much as you can in prayer. Engaging his word at least four times a week. That's tapping into the power. Recognize the power. Tap into the power. And then harness that power. How do you harness it? Well, all the great superheroes, they gather together, right? You do that with others who have superpower, who have Jesus, right? Grow together with other believers around the power of Jesus. Recognize the power, tap into the power, harness the power, and then probably the most important for our life and our church is to unleash that power and charge others up because there are a lot of people in your life right now who are running on red. They are batteries about to die and they need to get connected. They need to be plugged in. They need to be charged up with power. Recognize the power. Tap into the power. Harness the power. Unleash that power into the world. Share Christ. Sounds like a lot of work. Sounds like it could be hard. But I think we learn from St. Paul that we have an opportunity maybe to be patient with ourselves as we tap into the power, as we harness the power, as we connect to the power of God in our lives. You know, St. Paul spent three years with the Ephesians. St. Paul, he still had to send them the letter, right? He still had to pray for them continually. I think we learn from that that living with a superpower is an eternal journey. But that superpower, the power of our ascended Lord and Savior Jesus, is the only way to get through these powerless times, the powerlessness in our lives. Paul's prayer to the Ephesians is my prayer for you. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And I pray that you know his incomparably great power for us, for you who believe. Amen.